Hello and welcome to season two of the Business of Show Business podcast with me, your host, Jamie Boddy. Unpacking the skills needed for the entertainment and creative industries and celebrating those already in them. So excited to be back for season two. Had the best time doing season one and thank you for everyone who's listened to that already. Company in 29 countries literally blew my mind with that. Thank you so much. As I said, super excited to be back for season two. Jumping straight in with episode one with an expert today, swapping it around from season one when I did my solo show first and then alternating with experts. Changing up for season two, starting with the expert first and then alternating. Today I am joined by creative director Danielle Drayton. We talk about running an events company, the importance of networking and how creatives and freelancers never really stop to look at where we have come and what we've achieved. I think that's bred into us from a very young age of starting on our creative journeys where we feel we're maybe only as good as our last job, both from a credit point of view and on our CV, but also financially we need that work to pay our bills. So in this episode, there's so much value and worth in it. And as I said, I'm so excited to be back. This was recorded online in the current climate. So any odd little drops in sound quality is because we've recorded this online, but there's hardly any, you'll probably never notice. You just think maybe we sound a bit robotic at a time and maybe we need a throat lozenger. But it's really good so much value in it if you do enjoy it please do not forget to subscribe and leave a review reviews really help podcasts to rank in charts so the more reviews we get the more freelancers and creators can learn from this and realize you're not alone we are all in this together and growing in the industry which currently the landscape has changed completely anyway on with the show hope you enjoy On today's episode of the Business of Show Business podcast, I'm joined by a creative director who in her spare time also works as a choreographer and dance adjudicator. I'm joined by Danielle Drayton, the creative director of Bluefish Entertainment, an events company who provide bespoke entertainment for TV, fashion, advertising, and the leisure and travel industries. The company have also been fantastic at pivoting aspects of their business online during COVID. They now provide online virtual entertainment and corporate team building. How are you, Danielle? Hi, Jamie. I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, the pleasure's mine. And like, I guess one of the perks of being on Zoom at the moment is that you can kind of have access to people where we're normally so busy, aren't we? Hustling and flitting around town. Absolutely. Yes. I think this has been a perfect time to just relax a little bit, take a pause. And I have to say, I'm super excited to be here because as you know, I'm a massive fan of your podcast. So yes, thank you for having me. The pleasure is all mine. I couldn't wait to get you on once I got into my stride of season two. I was like, yes, we need this businesswoman on the podcast. So obviously, just reading back what you do. First of all, how does it feel when someone reads back almost your CV and what you do? Because again, I think as performers, we never take that that moment to reflect. This is what I've achieved. This is what I'm doing because we're always going. So did it feel quite weird for someone to say like how amazing you were? Yes, it is really surreal because I think you're absolutely right. We're so busy focusing on what we're doing. We don't actually take a moment to think about everything we have achieved. So when you were saying everything, I was like, wow, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it was strange, but very nice. Thank you. Yeah, you're fab. And I'm trying to work out, was it, is it seven years I've been dancing for you and Risa Bluefish? Was it six? I can't remember. I can't, um, I don't know exactly, but it'd be around there, six or seven years. I remember the audition very well. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you've been a permanent part of our Bluefish family ever since, haven't you? Yes, no, and it's the one, one of the many things I love about Bluefish is that sense of community, because quite often as a freelancer, you go in, do a job and you get out. But with Bluefish, I feel like you've built up such a loyal team that 
you know everyone on the job you can meet out socially outside of work like you even have like a, a Christmas party when you can which I'm like oh, that's so rare because I know like in an office you get a Christmas party but as creatives we never get a Christmas party so I absolutely love that. I think that's one of my favorite things about Bluefish is the fact that we have this lovely family and that everyone is so loyal to us. We've had the nicest emails and people reaching out during this time and one of the important things for us is that we get on with everybody and we want to make sure that our dancers are happy and fulfilled on their jobs and I've made so many friends from having bluefish and like you said you know we are we're a bluefish family and we have a community so yeah it's lovely. Amazing so before we go into like what you do can you give us a little bit of a background for some listeners may not quite know of you or they may know of the company because obviously you provide folk entertainment singers, dancers, actors, musicians, team building, all of that. So where did your journey start? Because you actually started off on stage before you kind of transitioned more into choreography and then being a creative director. Yeah, so I started as a dancer and I found myself just naturally gravitating to being dance captain or assistant. And then some opportunities just came to me, like, would you choreograph this? Would you, you know, would you take charge of this event? And I found I really enjoyed it and actually found I was quite good at it. So um, it seemed quite a natural progression to then start a company and I run that with Reese, my husband. And I think the most fortunate thing for me was the fact that he is so business minded and so creative it actually made the process of starting bluefish a lot easier and a lot less daunting it was great to have someone there just that support but then also someone who knew what they were doing um, so i could concentrate on the creative things but you know he has these amazing ideas and he also knew how to implement and do things um, so yeah that's how bluefish started 14 years ago Oh, well, you don't look it. You don't look old enough to have a company that old. Thank you very much. <laughs> and the thing I love um, for listeners who may not know, Reese as well, he actually started off as a stunt performer as well. So both Danielle and Reese approach it with the business mindset, but also the creative mindset, which I think also is great as a company because you know what your dancers and your performers need as well as what the client needs. And is that something you have found more and more as creatives now that we need to kind of have a bit more of a business mindset as well as that creative because the industry is constantly changing. Absolutely yes I think that with a business you have to be constantly growing and we don't know what's happening this year has shown us that we don't know what's next so you have to constantly adapt to your environment and I think that's where having a bit more business application will help. So new ideas, uh, but working hard to implement them and just being able to literally, you know, change and adapt as you need to constantly growing, I think is the key. And would you say, because quite often when you go to a musical theatre college or a dance programme at a university or a drama school, your focus is quite like in it as the, as the onstage product, as that performer. Well, actually, as you said, the industry has completely changed and shows don't necessarily come around or the casting process changes. So would you say it's quite healthy for creatives to have a side passion, whether it's just a hobby or actually a side hustle? I think it's massively important. I think you do have to go after your goals. And ultimately, I think it's important that you stay focused on what you want to achieve. But if I hadn't been open to other opportunities that come my way I wouldn't have become an adjudicator and um, you know these things come along as you know you know you, you you do so many things and I think it is really important I think you have to be happy in all of the avenues you choose I understand that's not always the case you know I have done other jobs where I've maybe not been as fulfilled and you know you have to pay your bills but I think it's ultimately trying to find a way to enjoy everything you do 
Um, and yeah, I think it's super important. And as performers, we tend to have so many skills. We're constantly learning and putting in so much hard work. And I think that pays off. So I think, yeah, definitely be open to any opportunities and new skills you can develop and learn. And I love the fact, though, that you also said happiness as well. And I think I'm finding more and more when I'm coaching with creatives now is making a list of what they financially need to earn to survive at a very comfortable level, what they need to earn to survive at kind of a bare minimum. But then so then that doesn't because sometimes you're on your your survival job, as I'd say, you end up then working 30, 40 hours. So you then can't go to auditions, you can't go to workshops, you can't go to casting. So it's finding that balance of, yes, I have to do some jobs I don't like but that's just to pay my bills. But happiness is key. So don't kind of build a career that you want, not just maybe because your peers or your old teachers say you have to do this or have to do that. I love that concept that you've worked that out. You've worked out the ratio of like, look, how much money do you need to make be comfortable? Um, And I would definitely say, you know, do the bare minimum of what you have to do and then follow your passion and just learning new things. Even if you're not doing things that are generating income, if you're, if you're bettering yourself and bettering your skills, because ultimately if you are happy and fulfilled, you will achieve more. Definitely. So you work with creatives, if you're adjudicating, they're very, um, they're quite young, but then also as a um, creative director, a choreographer, you are casting, you're auditioning, so you're working with performers who are in their careers and maybe more established. We're very emotive beings, we wear our hearts on our sleeve. Is there anything you find maybe sometimes why people get disheartened or maybe give up? Is there anything you kind of see? Because obviously having worked with you, I know you're very supportive, but you're probably in a very... um, a position where you work with younger performers and older performers is there anything you ever see that oh if that person didn't think like that or didn't do that they'd be a lot happier or they didn't give up yeah absolutely I feel like it goes back to what you said at the start of this podcast I feel like people don't see their achievements and they're always looking at everybody else and I think it's good to have a goal and have that competition absolutely but I think we're the first to put ourselves down and actually you need to champion and celebrate yourself and it's a difficult industry absolutely you're going to get setbacks you're going to get knockbacks you're going to get told no you're not right and you do have to have a thick tough skin and I think that's where having a good support system will really help So having people that you can just be like, you know, you can rant and say, oh, today has been dreadful because of this, this and this. But actually having that attitude and then people around you to go, no, I'm better than this. I can do this. I can achieve this. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go out tomorrow and do it. And I think as well, it's putting pressure on yourself. So these young dancers I see um, competing, they have so much pressure on their shoulders. You know, you have to be perfect. You have to get this right. And actually what's the worst that can happen you know um i think it's being realistic but also knowing how how good you are and championing yourself a little bit more rather than thinking everyone else is better than me i love that and i think one of as a performer especially as a dancer you feel like sometimes you age out the older you get but i think one of the best things about getting older in our industry is actually you have a better sense of self-worth or what you do and don't want to do and I so anyone who's listening who's maybe struggling it gets better and better the older you get so do don't give up keep going I remember my first audition I was 19 and the girl next to me was 30 and I remember thinking oh wow like she's quite old to be here at this audition and I don't know why and maybe this was just something that we were told but it was kind of like when you get to 30 you don't dance anymore that's it 
I don't know why, it was just kind of this unspoken thing. And I remember a lot of my friends, we would get into that age and we were all like, oh, okay, so what are we going to do now? Because obviously we can't dance anymore. And it's absolute rubbish. You actually have so much more enjoyment and, and um, experience and we tend to, as you know, uh, well, we work with all, all dancers, you know, all ages, but we have quite a lot of dancers over 30 because they bring something else to the, to the table. And you're right, it does get better. It just gets better and better the more you learn, the more people you know. Uh, but yeah, it's quite funny when I think back to, you know, you get to 30 and your career's over. Absolutely not the case. So obviously you, time management is a big thing for you. And I know, like myself, you're a big hustler and you can pack your diary. But you almost have to wear many hats. The, you're choreographing. It could be a Christmas show um, for Panto or Holiday Park. It could be that you are creating a specific event. I know with Bluefish, you've created events internationally as well. Do you have any tips or tricks for anyone out there who's maybe struggling a bit with time management? Or is there anything you've found? Do you have to sometimes do things to then realise you don't want to do them? I'm still learning this. I'm still very much trying to work this out, but I have got better. I definitely have got better. And I am very much a yes person. So somebody asks me to do something and I want to do it. So I'm like, yes, I can do that as most of us are in this industry. So I tend to take a lot on my plate. And like you say, it can be very different. Um, and there tends to be a lot of traveling for me as well. I think the only thing I would recommend and the things I found, which sounds a little strange and is hard to do, but is just remember to take some time out for yourselves because I have been known to get up at six o'clock in the morning to do some prep for that whole day and be still working that night at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and you just burn yourself out. And ultimately, you can get through the jobs, you can get it done. And I think it goes back to that belief as well. Just believe that you, you've been given that opportunity, that job. So believe that you can do it. But then perhaps, you know, maybe don't take everything that's been thrown at you. Learn when you do need to have a break and say no, which again, you know, I'm still working on. But I think it's something that we all in this industry struggle with. You know, we are very much like yes to every opportunity because we're not sure when the next one will come along. Just trust in your own abilities. You know, you are good enough. You will get more work. Take time for yourselves when you need it. I think that's the most important thing. And I think what people will love from listening to this is that, um, even though you do run a successful company, is that you still sometimes have those same struggles that you may have had a few years ago or that someone who's just gone into the industry because it is that almost fight or flight in the fact of when will my next job be? So I think it'd be quite nice that you were very um, transparent with that though. So someone listening be like, it's okay if I have, if I load myself up and have that busy month, professionals do it. However, I still need to work on myself and have that time off. So I think we're all still like, I'm the same. It's just, it's so easy to say yes, because you don't know when the next job will be. And all of a sudden you've said yes to six jobs that week. And then you're like, oh, okay. But also I quite enjoy that as well. I think that's the other reason why I do say yes is because I like to be working. I enjoy my job. So when I'm busy, I'm happy. So yeah, it's finding that happy medium. Um, and going back to being a creative director, what does that typically entail? I know that's a very um, broad statement because it's very bespoke to events or if you're working with a long-term client, but can you just kind of unpack a bit more what a creative director does? Because there may be someone listening who, whether they are, um, whether they've been a host of many events or an actor or a dancer at many events and think that could be a direction I want to go in. Mm, absolutely. So um, with, within Bluefish, say a typical event, um, I would work closely with the client and find out what they want. So it's discussions with them about their event, 
um, what they want to achieve for their entertainment and how we can best help them. So we're then coming up with the concept, the music, the props, the costuming, the logistics of how it's all going to run. And it's having that close relationship with the client, but then also being able to bring that to life. So working with our entertainers. So obviously, as you know, I choreograph quite a lot of the events as well. So it's then taking all of that insight and what we have discussed with the client and making that a reality. So in the rehearsal studio, you know, putting the piece together. Um, we have people that will um, help us with our costume sourcing, but you know, it's it's working with people and making sure that we are delivering exactly what our client wants, but at the same time, making sure that our entertainers and everyone is happy um, and making the ultimate event. So it's lots of close relationships. Um, and then it's the creativity. For some of our clients, they don't really know what they want. So you have to just constantly be thinking and coming up with ideas to help them achieve their ultimate goal. There's so much in there I want to tackle on. Um, so would you say, obviously, being a freelancer, you've learned so many skills along the way that have helped you kind of in this role? Because quite often, I think as performers and creatives, we only see the value of our skills in an audition, on stage, in a meeting, in a pitch. We don't look at our values outside of that time engagement. Obviously, fake it till you make it. There could be someone, say, come up with the most crazy request of a show and you have to be like, right i can figure that out costuming locations um networking um talent management casting there's so much you have to do do you kind of learn skills on every job you do and take them to the next and have the skills on stage helped you with this more behind the scenes creative role i think absolutely coming from a dance background has helped because it's given me that work ethic that discipline that professionalism i'm very organized and succinct with what I do and what I want to do so that has definitely helped but you come you come up with challenges every time on every event you think oh you know I didn't think of that or you know that would be so much better if we do that so I think it's just learning every time and learning from people around you as well so yeah I think every job has helped but definitely as a dancer having that uh, confidence that we need when we're performing to be able to go out and network and to um sell your product to the client um, and then also I think just that work ethic because it does take a lot of hard work to run a business and every job like you said every job you're learning something new and I love that and I think because that's the thing as performers it's we're in an industry sometimes where we personally feel like we don't have a lot of control because we have to go through an agent or we have to wait for a client to confirm a budget and I think the fact there that you've just said there's so much more, just so many more aspects to us as individuals that even if it's not performing and it is your survival job or a side hustle, our skills are valued and we could easily use those skills in it. So I think that would be so lovely for people to hear, which is fab. Just going to pause the episode really quickly there to remind you to leave your review if you're enjoying the episode. Danielle has already said so many amazing things that hopefully you have realised no matter what area of the creative or freelance work landscape you are in, your skills are so valuable and your worth is more than just your job. You have so much to offer. Be happy, chase your goals. Do check out Bluefish Entertainments. Their website is bluefishentertainments.com, bluefishents on social media. And now back to the show. So now, what is failure and success as a creative director? So I would say that success, obviously you set yourself goals and if you achieve them goals, then that is the science of saying, yeah, we've, we've made that success. But actually, I think that success is making sure that, for, for, for us anyway, is making sure that everyone on that event is, has enjoyed themselves and is happy. So our dancers are happy. They're happy in their work. Our client 
um, is impressed and happy with what we've given them. So we have delivered the best possible entertainment that we can. Um, and the event has gone as, as smooth as possible. And we have, you know, exceeded their expectations. So the success is, you know, when an event goes perfectly and everyone around us is happy and fulfilled. That's what I would say success is. As we even said at the beginning, we don't always count our successes. And one of my guests from the first season, um, Graham, he said the opportunity is success. So even if you don't book the job, getting in the room is success. And I just think we're so quick to be like, didn't get it. This is why I didn't get it. Or try and find the reason why we didn't get it instead of being like, okay, I didn't get, get it. What can I learn from it? How can I move on and progress? So I think it's good to hear that no matter where you are in your career, you, you have this battle still with having to pitch audition and success and failure. And we have, we have actually had times where we haven't necessarily got the job, but we've yeah. created a relationship. And that person has remembered us and thought, oh, you know what? The event isn't happening because of this X, Y, and Z. Or you're not quite right for this one because of this. You know, it could be things that are completely out of your control. But actually, you've nurtured and garnered a relationship there. So that person will then call on you. So I completely agree with uh, Graham. Just the fact that you get the opportunity to connect with these people. Yeah, it's a massive success. Um, it seems to me that obviously being a being a choreographer and creative director, there's a lot of like as you said, um, nurturing relationships and networking. Have you found having a network is a very important aspect of a freelancer's life or the creative industries? Because sometimes networking has a bit of a weird stigma around it, doesn't it? Of like having to just try and like drop your CV on someone's desk or do a hard sell. As we both know, that is not the case, and quite often that may actually have the reverse effect and exile you from that job. So for you, would you say networking or having a network and building relationships, whether it's for that job, as you said, that job may not happen, but long-term, is that something you would say that creatives should really look at investing a bit more time in or look at how they do network? I think everyone has to find a comfortable way to network for themselves because I am very much like you. As when I was a performer, I hated that whole, you know, throwing yourselves out and, you know, bigging yourselves up because that's generally how we work. We don't, you know, see how great we are. But when you have a business, you don't have that choice. You have to promote yourselves. And I think it's really believing in your products. So believe in yourselves and find the way that works for you. And I would definitely say, um, try, you know, take some risks and try some things out um, and learn what it is that makes you unique and what makes you um, special and why people need you and focus on that when you are talking to people and don't think of it as I'm networking think of it as I'm just communicating I'm just you know making a relationship um, and who knows where it will go don't put too much pressure on yourself but I think it is important that we develop them skills but make them personal to to ourselves and one of the things I absolutely love from that was then you said, like, find out and work out what is unique about yourself, like a unique selling point. And I think that's the key, isn't it? Quite often we can give a list of all the things we're not good at, mm. but it's, they're not going to get you the job. It's what you're good at. It doesn't matter if you can't do certain things. If you're networking, don't even don't even bring that in the room with you. Like that's not in your kit of things you can offer. So I think that's it. It's work out what you are good at, what you want to achieve. And then, right, who can I net with? to get me closer to that goal and I don't mean like obviously go door knocking on like creatives doors but I mean with that like if you know what your goals are right is there a casting director who's doing a workshop is there a MD who does singing master classes do I have a friend who's worked for that company who I can have a coffee with so I think have knowing what you're good at and what your goals are are key aren't they for networking it sounds like for you that's been a great asset to build in your company 
Absolutely. I think it's been so important. And like I said, I think it's just finding the unique way for you to do it, but putting energy into it is so important. And, you know, like you said, it can be as simple as having a coffee or just reaching out to somebody. Don't always think of it as I'm forcing myself on somebody. I'm selling myself. Just think of it as I'm just connecting with people. Um, and I think you'll find it or people will find it a lot more easier and be a lot more confident doing it. I want to speak to you now a bit more about like drive and goals and the fact of, so obviously at one point a goal was for you being a dancer, then it kind of transitioned a bit more maybe into dance captain, then into choreography, obviously alongside setting up your business. Have you found that as you've gone, you've maybe achieved a goal and set a new one? Or- I think it's, I think it is always having, um, set, setting yourself goals and making sure, like you said, that once you've achieved them, you have something else to focus on to keep yourself driven and I think that can be really hard in this industry because it's so easy to kind of rest on your laurels at times um, especially if things are not going your way but you will find the people that are massively successful have a goal have a plan they know where they want to be they work the steps to get there once they've achieved that you know the sky's the limit I know some of your goals that you want to achieve and some of them you feel are quite high for you I know you're going to get to all of them um but it's making sure that you know you do keep that drive going and it can be difficult it can be hard to keep that focus um and a lot of my opportunities I have to say have maybe happened accidentally um and I didn't realize I necessarily wanted them um but actually there are ones that I did set for myself. Like I decided, okay, I'd like to be a dance adjudicator with the, with the British International Federation. And that was a long process and it took a lot of work and it was, you know, going back, studying things that we don't necessarily find so easy, but I was like, no, I know where my goal is. I know the steps I need to do to get to that goal. Once I got there, I could have thought, okay, I'm happy now. But I was like, no, now I want to be all England adjudicator. So Again, it's a whole new process that you have to go through. Um, And, you know, there are still way more steps that I can go in that avenue. And that's just one avenue. So I think it's really important to know where you want to be and making the the steps and the plans so you know how to get there and keeping that focus going and that drive. And it's fine if you have a period where you think, you know what, I need a little break from this. Um, Come back with some more energy, refresh yourselves, go for it again, because when you put that energy and that focus, um, things things can happen. Take a break. That's so I think I love that that you said that as well, because I think sometimes we are so hell bent on getting that goal or that focus that you therefore either lose the love of it you don't see other opportunities like you said some have been like accidental goals because it's kind of you're falling into it or you just need to take some time off re-energize refocus create a new path and go with it yeah i think it's just being being healthy with it um, and being honest with yourself and making sure that you know you're doing it for the right reasons and you're not killing yourself in the process but you keep that drive there and I think if you just focus 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 sometimes you lose the love for it and actually that's not what you want so for you who or what inspires you so it could be a person it could be a book has there been anyone or anything that has inspired you along your creative journey or that still inspires you I think people that inspire me are the people that have, you know, have this wonderful mental attitude, like we've been talking about, that have this drive. And I think as well, it's people that have maybe started their career as dancers, as performers, but have gone on to achieve a lot more. And I think we often get pigeonholed into one box um, and it's hard to break out and show that we can do other things. So for me, it would be people like, um, I'm a massive fan of Susan Stroman. 
you know, she's a choreographer, a director. Um, she was a performer. She produces. Um, Drew McConey. You know, people that accept these challenges and keep pushing the limits and show what they can do. So I think it's people that have this amazing work ethic and drive because they've worked hard to get there. It's not like, you know, they've just have been lucky in their opportunities. They've worked hard and they have this strength, this mental strength that is incredible. So people like that really motivate me and make me think, okay, how much better can I be? Um, but I think I have to say as well, what has been so inspiring over the last few months is everybody in our industry because everyone has been so kind and generous with their time and with their creativity. And it truly has made me want to give more, give back more. I think we have come together and been so strong as a unit. Um, and our dancers have been incredible. You know, like I said, we have been sending them emails every so often to just say, you know, how are you doing? Can we support you? Can we help you? And we get so many back saying, how can we help you? You know, we, you know, we really appreciate what you've done. And, and it's just little things like the other day I put something up on Instagram and I had so many responses, just people saying, this has really helped today. And, and vice versa, the people have been putting things on that have helped me. So I think as an entertainment industry in general, especially our dancers, they've been really inspiring this year. So yeah, if you are listening in real time, it's September. So COVID is still very much around, but the world is trying to keep ticking and regrow um so obviously like many industries um the entertainment industry was hit very very hard and we're still not sure yet when theater can open so danielle for you when covid first happened how did it affect your business like was it kind of obviously you have events booked sometimes super far in advance and some are a bit more like ad hoc as they come in but did you see a lot of your work get cancelled or postponed or moved Absolutely. So I had a jam-packed March and April and within a week, within a week, um, all my work, all of our work cancelled. And I think you were actually on a job, weren't we, where we got yeah. the, go for, we got the, yes, it's going ahead at say like nine o'clock and by 11 o'clock that day, oh no, sorry, it's cancelled. And that happened so many times. And I think it was just about being um, adapting, just adapting. So that's what Reese was so good at. You know, he was like, right, okay, we have to rethink. And he'd been thinking about this for a while. So I think it was just about adapting our current business, um, trying to transform it so that we are able to cope with whatever happens. And it has paid off. So we have been working with some of our clients online uh, regularly every week, um, giving them experiences to help them. And obviously now we are able to move out into the outside. And I think it's just... Uh, growing and adapting but yeah we were like everybody we were massively hit um, but it was a great opportunity I think to sort of pause and rethink and regroup and and like I've been saying you know where do we want to be what's a new plan how are we going to get there and go for it so yeah no exactly and I think that's the thing isn't it, it and initially obviously it was awful but it made us all have to stop for like a beat to mentally heal physically heal to assess and obviously for most of us creatives I, I don't know about you but I'd say probably about 90% of my my friend base and my support network are fellow creatives and freelancers so it was everyone was going through it to different degrees um so obviously that took some time but then as you said you were able then to think right what can I still how can I still add value how can I help our clients how can I help our performers you've started your YouTube TV channel aspect highlighting some of the amazing skills that all your performers have which is fab but then also your um your entertainment entertaining clients still and corporate team building 
did you find a lot of your clients needed a bit of handling to get them around to that idea or were they really welcoming of you when you was like right we can offer you this now online I think most of them were really uh, were really welcoming and actually had thought of the process themselves so lots came to us and were like yeah we need to we need to do this we need to adapt we need to move on um, and the same the same has been with my freelance work as well you know everybody has just like I said the entertainment industry has been fantastic they really have just got on with everything and been creative about how we can now work um, yeah and, and the fact that we have started our YouTube community we think of that as you know a collaborative thing with our amazing talented artists so we want to work with them and just make sure we are showing everybody the amazing entertainment they have and giving them something to you know smile at and um, so we were really lucky actually a lot of our clients were completely on board but actually quite forward thinking themselves with the whole aspect of online and new ways of working fantastic I think it's yeah like it's uncharted waters we don't know what's going to happen and you can only control yourself can't you in this situation no one can tell you how to react during a pandemic so if, it, if for some people it is 25 fitness classes and baking banana bread that's okay for some people it's I just actually want to go and visit my family and not have to process like that's okay to do you and I just think it's been fantastic you've been able to pivot your business and still like I said add that value and help people which I think is gorgeous so for you, do you have a quote or a, a mantra or anything you live by or that helps you maybe with your decision making, anything like that? Well, I love quotes so much and I think they can really help. If you, if you see a quote that really resonates with you, it can totally change my mood. Yeah. And I've had so many over the years, I've had lots, but the one I'm currently working with, which is from Tony Robbins, so he is um, somebody I really respect. He's uh, like a life business strategist. And um, so he says, fulfillment versus achievement. And basically what that is saying is find something that really makes you fulfilled and happy in life. And it's about mastering both skills. So, you know, take your vision and make it a reality. Make sure that you master the science of achievement. But more importantly, is that going to make you fulfilled? And if you are fulfilled, and it doesn't mean being happy all the time, but like driven, excited, then more success will come to you. You'll be happier. So you will be better for everyone around you and yourself. So it's taken me a long while to, to think like this, and I'm still working on it, but it's, I think it's about making sure, and it's different for every, every person, but making sure you are fulfilled um, and then trusting that that success and that achievement will come with it. And it's so, yeah, fulfillment versus achievement. No, that's great. I always love this question to see what other people either learning about new books or new people I should follow or just learning other people's quotes. Right, long story short, I used to work in the library as my part-time job, so I used to be very respectful of books. But now if I get a book I like, I'm highlighting, I'm underlining. And at first I was like, the book, but I was like, it's mine. I'm allowed to do what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the same, but I am, I, am, I am a book reader. So I have had lots of books that I do really like, but I am such a podcast enthusiast. I love them so much. So obviously yours is my top favorite, number Thank one. But there are so many great ones that have really helped. Um, do, you, do you listen to Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard? No, but I'm going to write that down now. It's amazing. It's not just about celebrity fluff. Like he has like proper um, experts come on and I learn so much from every single person. But yeah, I'm a massive podcast enthusiast as well. So I highly recommend finding ones that work for you. 
What are your thoughts on social media within the arts and creative sector? So again, you deal with performers who are maybe younger in the adjudicating circuit, then you work with more established freelancers, both from the event side and from performing side as a choreographer and creative director. What are your thoughts on social media within the entertainment sector? I am very pro-social media. I think that it can be a wonderful way to communicate and connect with loads of people that we wouldn't necessarily be able to. So within our business, it has given us lots of opportunities. Um, and I think as well, if we are a little bit more honest and mindful when we post things on social media, I think if we just bear that in mind, um, it can be um, a real celebration of people's achievements and, and people's lives. Um, but I think it has been uh, something that's improved our business, definitely. Um, I'm very pro it, but I think it's just knowing when to step away, to take that moment and, and to also, I think I've learned this um, more recently, is just to take everything with a pinch of salt because people are not gonna post when they've had a really rubbish day or perhaps they've lost a job or they've had a fight with somebody. People, well, some people are, and you know, fair play to them if they want to do that, and you know, then they get the support that they need. But majority of people are putting all their achievements on, and you know, their success, and it can be intimidating. And I think it's just important to realize that, you know, everybody, everybody is going through the same thing. You know, everyone will have days that are not quite as good as the rest. So that's why I say be honest and just be a bit more mindful when you post. But I think ultimately, when I see something, when I see somebody achieve it, get a job, or you know have a baby or you know they've got their audition I'm nothing but happy like it's a celebration and it's a wonderful way like I said to connect with thousands of people that we wouldn't necessarily have the choice to so it has been a massive benefit to Bluefish and to me personally especially with the expert advice of Jamie Body. <laughs> Thank you um, and then what advice would you give to someone in the entertainment sector and what I want what I think is great about you is that you don't just work with freelance performers, you work with freelance event planners, caterers, staffing agents, because obviously you work at these events or you're choreographing shows at like hotels or holiday parks or pantos. So you work with a broad spectrum of creatives and freelancers. Do you have any advice for anyone out there listening, whether they are on stage, off stage, in the wings, whatever it is, do you have any maybe nuggets of advice or anything you wish you had maybe known when you were younger that someone listening can think, right, what can I do to help me maybe get the career I want or get maybe get the next step along? I think that's quite a personal question as in I think that it will be different for everyone, but things that I wish I'd known myself, which may help people. Um, I think sometimes I played it quite safe. I would say take risks. Sometimes I didn't go to certain auditions because maybe I wasn't invited. And who knows if I had gone along and just taken a risk or tried something a little bit different. So I would say, like, literally go for it. You, you know, you, you don't often get second shots at things. So give everything you've got. That's what I always say to the kids when I'm adjudicating them. You've got two and a half minutes to show us what you've got. So from the moment you step onto that stage, you know, you give it everything. Make an impact. Make me remember you. So I would say take some risks. Go for it. But then on the flip side, I would also say, for me, would be remember that, you know, you can take some time off. Like, I remember... Um, not booking a holiday for five, six years in case an audition or a casting came up. Remember, it goes back to the whole fulfillment versus achievement thing for me, making sure that 
you are happy in your life as well. You can live your life. It's not, it's not everything, your career, but to strive and to move forward, I think it's being super professional and organized. Take a risk and give everything you've got. There you go. Quite a few in there. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. And I think, again, it's great for people to hear from someone at a different, maybe a different point to where they are in their journey or someone who's been able to still operate to a certain extent during obviously COVID. I think there's a lot of performers out there with a lot of skills and untapped talent that maybe they're too scared to maybe think, hang on, I'm actually really good at this side hustle. Can this become my main hustle at the moment until theatre opens? Or they want to work in events as well as perform and thinking, oh, should I intern? Should I not? I think it's great for everyone to hear. So I love that. So can you tell us where can we find you personally and Bluefish? And maybe you want to unpack a bit more about what Bluefish does, because I probably I couldn't list it all because I know you, you've worked internationally. You worked in TV, flash mobs, um, training, everything. So maybe do you want to give us in a nutshell who Bluefish are and where we can find you? Absolutely. So uh, Bluefish are a production company. We specialize in entertainment. So dance, singers, pretty much everything, really. Um, We provide entertainment for corporate events, for theatre, music videos. We're international. So pretty much anything you want. Like you said, we do flash mobs. We do branding. um, And every job is different, which is what is so wonderful. Um, You can find us. Our website is www.bluefishentertainment.com and our social media um, handle for pretty much everything for Insta, Twitter, YouTube is bluefishents. Very simple. And I am Danielle Drayton at Insta and Danielle Drayton123 on TikTok. That's one thing I guess I love working in social media that is always, always changing. And I know you're like a massive TikTok advocate. And then obviously now Instagram's like release reels and it's like, ooh, who's going to win? Are you at, the, at this moment in time, If again, this is September, so Danielle could change by the time you listen to this. Are you sticking with TikTok? Or are you feeling Instagram reels? TikTok all the way. I'm sticking with it. I might be wrong because obviously we, we're, we're not sure where TikTok is going and Insta tends to, you know, have such a massive, massive following. But yeah, I'm team t- TikTok at the moment. It's just so much fun. But what I would advise is set an alarm on your phone when you go on TikTok because you can easily lose three, four hours of your life. It's <laughs> so much fun. So thank you so much, Danielle. And if you have enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure you go and follow Danielle and Bluefish online. Look out for when there may be, because um, quite often I know, Danielle, you have very specific criteria you need, whether that's from a performer or creative. So do keep an eye on their Facebook page and stuff because you may be the right fit to work with them sometime. And if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you head over to iTunes or wherever you listen and leave us a lovely little review. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you for having me. Jamie it's been a pleasure thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of season two of the business of show business podcast make sure you go and check out Danielle and Bluefish Entertainments online give them a follow they are amazing I hope you found this episode useful I know I did Danielle said so many amazing things I've scribbled so many notes whilst recording this episode next week will be a solo episode on time management making sure you schedule your working week so you get the most out of it and also scheduling all of your admin and your unbillable hours so you can actually have a life outside of your work and also keeping your work contained as freelancers and creatives it's so easy for your work to bleed into your personal life so no we don't want that we're going to give you structure so that's next week make sure you tune in.